Stafford with the Girls That Create podcast on Word of Mom Radio. My guest today is Rebecca Ruth, a surface designer, illustrator, photographer, and creative director with over 20 years of experience in the interior design, fashion, and accessories market. When I first met Rebecca, I did not know that surface designers created original patterns for consumer products like fabrics, home goods, packaging, and clothing. Now I can't stop wondering who's behind the designs on items I see in the store. Rebecca and I chat about her career, how she helps other creatives who are thinking about pursuing surface design, and raising a daughter who is on the autism spectrum. Welcome, Rebecca Ruth, to Girls That Create. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Usually when I talk to creators, I like to kind of start back at the beginning. And I want to hear, when you were young, was there like a movie or an illustration or a book or a painting, something you saw that really made an impact on you that one kind of conveyed like how powerful art could be and kind of yeah. transport someone to a whole different world? And then also, was there a thought that maybe I could do that someday? Yeah, you know, I love this question because I feel like so often, you know, you get asked just if in general some piece of art or something inspired you to be an artist but I think it's such a broader scope beyond than you know the art like I grew up near Chicago so I grew up by the Art Institute where there was such amazing works from the Isle of Le Grand Jot with the Sunday afternoon pointillism by George Surratt piece like and Monet's Water Lilies and all of that stuff but I think the thing that most stands out to me is I remember going to see the Jungle Book when I was a kid. And I think it kind of was part of that journey of loving Disney movies as a kid. And then when they used to have the animation, like where you could walk through the animation area at Disney World, at the Hollywood Studios, and you saw people doing it, it's like, and it made it like a real job. I think that was kind of you know, one of those light bulb moments. I love art. I could carry this into a career. You don't have to be a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist. When growing up in the Midwest, there aren't at your fingertips all so many jobs in the arts that you're aware of. And back when we were kids, there wasn't the internet. So you didn't really have that much ability to search for things, you know, growing up as to if things weren't in your sphere of the world, you weren't really aware of them. So I think that was a big point, you know, and I think that's where like, I think the separation too of commercial arts and art for like art's sake, even artists in the beginning of time, you know, a lot of them had patrons, they were funded by wealthy families to do portraits, to do commissions of in people's houses or, you know, in the churches or whatever. And I think when I was in school, there was a lot of this talk about selling out and things like that. If you worked more in a commercial spectrum, but I think all of it is valid. We need all of it in the world. And I don't think that mentality should be brought in as one thing is better or 
less than the other. And my understanding is actually that exposure to Disney encouraged you, inspired you to actually reach out to Disney to say, hey, company, how can I become an animator? And that kind of helped guide your journey in learning about design and kind of open the first chapter of your career. Yeah, it definitely. This was again, like <laughs> back when it was the dawn of the internet. <laughs> letter and I got like a packet back from Disney because I was asking this is something I think I want to do and what's your recommendation for me and so they sent me back a list of different schools and what kind of programs to go into and they recommended a lot of illustration programs as opposed to animation programs because they really want people they wanted people to have the fundamental of drawing and form and composition and color and you get a lot more of that in illustration departments than learning necessarily the technical aspects of the animation like I think a lot of people or different companies often feel like you can teach technical things you can teach a person to use a program you can teach a person this or that, you know, as part of the job, but if they don't have that fundamental understanding of the basics of art and design, then that's a little bit harder to elevate someone's work in those areas compared to like the technical program side of things. And again, this was back when we didn't have the internet, so you didn't have all the resources now you have online to kind of do training if you have an interest in that. A lot of courses that you can take by really well-known and reputable people in the different industries. The one thing about college is you're not just learning from one person. And I think that even no matter what you do with the arts, it's important to learn from a variety of sources. And from the sources that are most related to the area you want to travel down, because otherwise you might get advice that's not necessarily paired with where you want to go in the field. So you headed off to school and then you graduate. And then what was the next step in your design career? What was the kind of the next few years? What were you working on? I went and studied illustration. And while I was doing that, I kind of had the identity crisis of, is this what I want to do? I see all of these other students that are amazing illustrators at characters. And that was something that took me a little bit more time. I was really good at composition, at color. You know, I liked doing maybe more full floral or or abstract kind of things. So another friend of mine was in the textile department, but it was a lot more weaving and fiber arts based. And I had put out my portfolio when I was a junior to apply for some different internships. And I had applied for the graphic design internship at New York and company. And I went in and they're like, you don't have enough graphic design experience, but they really liked me. And I showed them this stuffed animal that I had made that I had never sewed before, but I like made this pattern. And I like, like, I really enjoyed the problem solving of it all. And I did, so I brought it in and then I showed it to the human resources person and they're like, I'm going to connect you with the technical design department. Like we haven't had an intern in that department before, but maybe they could use one. So they had someone come down and they talked with me and they're like, yeah, I mean, try it out. (laughs) So that's where I learned more about 
textiles in terms of surface design and like patterns for garments, for home, it like kind of broadened the spectrum of what surface design, textile design could be. And then I was kind of like, I think this is really where I want to focus. And I think having had the illustration background, the great thing was I did so much in illustration. I did photography, I did, you know, Photoshop, Illustrator, painting, drawing, everything, which Surface design in its essence is kind of a combination of illustration, graph design, and textile design. Like it covers all sorts of things. And so I was like, I think this is where I want to go into, but I feel like I need a better sense of repeating patterns and color separations and certain things that were more on the technical side of things. And I kind of told my parents and my dad's like, um, wait, you're going to try something in illustration before you go back to school. So I started looking for jobs after I graduated and I took like the summer off. I did that quintessential summer abroad in Europe. And I think that's where it really honed in on. I really started to focus on pattern and texture and things everywhere we were going. Like I was so attracted to all of that. So I think it helped resonate that this was the right path for me. And then when I got back, we had 9-11 happen and everything kind of changed in the world. And I had been in New York the week before and I had gone for an interview and then, you know, I came back and I was astounded. And then, you know, it was a little bit of time trying to find stuff around Chicago that was related to the arts that were things that I wanted to do. And I ended up kind of temping and doing some things while I tried to find the right job. And then I eventually found a job in publishing at a publishing company just outside of Chicago. And they did what are called like children's sound books. And we have like a module that you have buttons and so they were looking for assistant art directors and art directors. And so I applied for that and I came in and the department head, her son had gone to RISD. So it was a connection there. And then several other people in the department had also. So there's a certain work ethic from having gone to that school. And I think that helped me even though, again, I didn't have as much graphic design experience, but I had enough. I had now put together like a much more polished portfolio that showed some graphic design aspects to it. And I think that really helped me. And so in working there, you know, I've really enjoyed it. I worked with a lot of licenses like Disney and Hit Entertainment, which did Barney, you know, Hasbro and all sorts of licensed characters and so it kind of gave me that sense a little bit of having the love for Disney and that I got to apply that in some way but then they also had different divisions like they had a stationary division and other books and stuff and so again like seeing the stationary stuff made me remember you know yeah I think that's really where I want to focus on and so then I started looking into going back to school and looking for programs. And that's where I found FITM, which is the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And they had a surface design program, which they don't 
think I don't think they have anymore, but it, you know, taught all the things that I was looking for in terms of like the repeats and color separations and using in different applications and different industries and things like that. So that's kind of where my path traveled long to, to get me from <laughs> thinking I wanted to maybe go into animation into then getting into surface design and textile design. And then I got a job in house at guests for a couple of years, designing the prints for the patterns and then also like the t-shirt prints and even like embroidery designs and embellishments, designing with beading and rhinestones and everything. After that, I ended up starting to freelance and working with a woman that had been one of my teachers at FITM. Started working with a lot of interior designer clients in the LA area. I also started picking up like some of my own freelance clients. Like I worked with Brighton for a really long time doing handbags and they shoe designs like jewelry. We did a, a lot of different things. So I really got a, like a wide spectrum of different kinds of design focuses. And I think that was the other thing that I really liked about surface design is like the variety, like I'm actually married now to a person that works in the animation industry, you know, in talking with him and like seeing what he does, especially now that being all at home for the pan from the pandemic for ever, I feel like I would have probably gotten bored working in animation of doing kind of the same characters, you know, every day. I think I have a little bit of ADHD in that I want to do all sorts of different things and the surface sign really helps kind of allow me the latitude to explore in different ways. So that's been a really enjoyable part of it. That's one reason I wanted to talk with you as someone who doesn't have a design background, but then learning about your work and then suddenly I cannot stop seeing design. Everything has patterns, you know, from clothing, from bedspreads, from, as you pointed out, stationary. And it's amazing to suddenly start calculating who is behind creating those designs and things that you love when you go to the store and you buy and it inspires you and makes you happy and, mm -hmm. you know, cards. It touches so many pieces of our life that we don't even realize it. And yes. it's been great fun for me to think about the artists behind the designs. Mm -hmm. And I want to just touch real quick, um, you know, you moved into doing kind of more freelance for yourself, for the flexibility, and just to kind of be in more control of your business. Do you want to just share a little, just some kind of thoughts about that move and becoming an actual true entrepreneur, even though all artists technically are entrepreneurs because we're constantly selling ourselves, just kind of that transition. As a freelancer, like I was still working with a lot of clients and helping them take their ideas and make them become reality, basically. And like with freelance, a lot of, you know, it can be very different for each client. I assimilate a style that is the style that they're looking for. But some freelancers will do more their personal style and people come to them for that style. And I think you can work in both ways. And then there's also like, you know, in getting into licensing. And that's where I think maybe more my entrepreneurial spirit has been. And I think, I think I've learned also so much about the business aspect, working with all these different people that have their own interior design firms and are like their own little businesses about the business side of being an artist and 
how to balance all of that out. So when I had my daughter, I cut back significantly on all of my client work because with a baby, you don't have the same flexibility. And being in Southern California, we didn't have family around. So we didn't have that moment's notice kind of babysitting services. <laughs> And babysitting can be, is a lot more expensive than when I was paid as a babysitter. Yeah, rates have gone up. <laughs> yes, yes. So it kind of didn't really make sense for me to just be working to pay somebody else to watch my child so I could go to a meeting or whatever. So I decided to cut back and then I started working more on my own artwork and exploring more because I think I, with working, like I said, I kind of assimilated to the styles that different clients wanted and and so I feel like I had lost a little bit of a sense of who I was, what did I want to create? And so taking that time to explore and play around, and I feel like I still do it because I think any sense of exploration just gives me a broader range of skill sets that I can use for my clients or my own work. So I had started submitting to minted challenges and putting my work on other print and demand sites because it wasn't like I was fully committed to any of the things that it was more like I was still just trying to test and get feedback. And I think that's a great approach for like getting started, especially in making the transitions from having worked in house, having been freelance, trying to just figure out who you are is to put it out in some way where you can see if there are sales, you can see if you get comments, as opposed to necessarily just going straight to pitching to art directors and then hearing back feedback. It's better to like figure out your style, have some kind of consistency, and then reach out to the companies that it makes sense to that your style lines with. It's working with all the interior designers that I work with. I love it when they send me that posts of prints that we've worked on together that have been in different magazines or in like celebrity homes or, you know, have won awards or whatever. When it's something that really yours, you had the idea, you saw the thing, you made it come through fruition, and then you get people telling you how much they love it or even just seeing anything being brought into people's homes because it's becoming a part of their everyday fashion is one thing fashion is really fun and you could really push the boundaries with it but people's homes are much more of a commitment people don't redecorate every day certain things are like much more of a longer term commitment it's just been amazing to kind of see that every time you get a sale if you do like a little happy dance it's just a really amazing experience before I even got like my first win with the minted challenges, I got a few critique awards, which is basically giving other artists feedback on their submissions, helping them evolve a design to what their final submission is. I was constantly getting told my feedback was helpful and everything. And so that's where in the more recent time, like since the pandemic, I started work getting into coaching and I'm trying to work on putting together a course. I just really want to help share all the information and like the 20 years of experience in all these different areas, because I see and I encounter a lot of people constantly that have gone through one online course or another, or have gotten advice from one perspective or another. 
but like they're getting advice from someone who has more experience in the quilting market or someone who has more experience in stationery and they want to do fashion or that they want to do interiors and not always is the advice across the board or if people really want to do art licensing but their style is more fashion it's like how do you alter that to be more licensing or if they're just doing patterns like they need to maybe expand into additional kind of layouts and so I really just want to help because I have so many different areas of that I've worked in help people elevate their work to be the right fits for the companies that they really dream about working with we're going to take a short break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back with Girls That Create on Word of Mom Radio. Hi, everyone. Erin here. Support for this show comes from Elevate Alliance. It can often feel lonely being a small business owner. That's why I joined Elevate Alliance to find support and sisterhood with others who are taking on similar challenges. Elevate provides community, accessible learning, and support in integrating more conscious business practices, all of which have benefited my career and Girls That Create. Elevate Alliance is a community of brave women entrepreneurs who are channeling our feminine wisdom to run our businesses, create social change, and find joy in who we are and what we do together. Visit elevatealliance.com. That's E-L-L-I-V-A-T-E alliance.com to learn more. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. Healing Through the Arts, a wonderful creative program by Arte Gallery and sponsored by Visit Bucks County down in New Hope, Pennsylvania in February, March, and April. Join the team at Arte Gallery and showcase wonderful artists who are healing problems through the arts, whether it's a sickness and illness, miscommunication, barriers on cultural divides or racism and things. Everything is addressed through the creative process. Join us for classes, lectures, and beautiful displays of Healing Through the Arts at Arte Gallery. For more information, log on to to artegallery.com. That's A-R-E-T-E gallery.com. Unsilenced Voices has been working diligently in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and the USA to combat domestic violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. We currently have over 50 young girls on a wait list in Sierra Leone to go through a vocational training program to get them off the streets and out of harm's way. We have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors and are looking for volunteers and donors to help us continue our cause. Please visit us at www.unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back with Girls That Create on Word of Mom Radio. My guest today is surface designer Rebecca Ruth. I know online you have um, two online series that you've been 
creating for the last couple of years. One is Designing with Intention, a series where you're talking with different other professionals in the design area, you know, to your point, who do work on all sorts of different projects just to kind of get their insight and what they're doing. And then you also have online communities, mainly over in Clubhouse, where you're chatting with folks as well about tips and things that have worked and what they're up to and just kind of sharing best practices. I just want to kind of hear your thoughts about creating those two series or those series in the communities and what how you plan on kind of utilizing those moving forward. Forward. Are you going to continue kind of reaching out and creating that resources for people who are interested in this line of work? Yes, definitely. I started the designing with intention interviews because I think even though now you have the internet, now you have a lot more search and capabilities, it still seems to be a mystery of all the jobs. There are still people that go with their kids to art school and are like, you know, I worry about them going to art school and like what they're going to do and they just don't see all of the potential out there you know you can design cars you can you know design buildings you can design furniture they're like these are quintessential things in our lives that it hurts me that people dismiss the arts and that thinking everything is going to just be gallery shows and and that they feel like it's frivolous I I started the series with trying to help kind of broaden awareness, not only to what careers out there, but how people got to that career, how they, they figured it out themselves, what their personalities are like that, you know, maybe people can relate to. So that's where I started kind of the series. And then I also have this dream though, that I'd love more creatives to be able to collaborate together with making products and things um because so often it's through a company but i if i feel like if creatives could just commingle with each other and there would be so much more innovation in terms of interesting design for products and what is on them and you know what then gets shared in the marketplace i think part of uh my dream for that is also like bringing these people together sharing their stories and hopefully growing a community that we can figure out a way to make that happen and then with pattern chatter which is my other clubhouse community i talk about a lot about like the differences within surface design um i have different guests come on that talk about from their personal perspective of whether they've done licensing whether they worked in house whether they're educators and you know if they're in fashion or interiors rug design all sorts of um, different aspects, because again, this is where I think, you know, a lot of people think of like surface design as just patterns and it's so much broader than that. I'm trying to talk about all the different options that are out there so that people could then figure out what is the direction that they want to travel down. Speaking of traveling down a direction, I want to pivot back to you becoming a mom. And in your communication, you've been very open with sharing that your daughter was diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. How does she inspire and influence your work as a designer? And, you know, also thinking about coaching other creatives, because obviously it kind of opens your eyes to someone who sees the world differently and yeah. has a different perspective of things. 
Yeah, definitely. And you never really know what it's going to be like to be a parent until you become a parent. Like everybody's parenting journey is going to be different. And it's definitely been an interesting experience being a parent to a special needs child and like the whole process along which you find things out because in some ways she looks very typical as as they say and it's but her brain works very differently and there are certain challenges that she faces we and i think one of the biggest things that was so helpful was being involved in the moms group with other moms since she was two months old so you saw a lot of other kids at the same age range all developing along together and like you saw some kids doing certain things at different ages you saw general things that kids would do and like I saw how much more kids around the same age were talking than my daughter uh, Aurora how much they were talking around like 18 months to two years then and she was only really saying like five one syllable words she would go get a snack instead of asking for a snack or like she would do things to circumvent like having to talk as much and it was still like in that age range where you kind of know what the options of what I try would try to push her but I could figure out what it was that she wanted or needed and she was also just a pretty happy kid so it wasn't like you know anything was crazy but then it also she was not making eye contact as much and initially we had like a speech evaluation and then it took forever for them to get back to me so then I started talking to some friends from the moms group and I had some other friends that had special needs kids and they told me to go to like regional center in LA which they do like early childhood intervention of services and help you with getting diagnoses or what um, things that they can help get them better prepared for like when they start school and preschool. So um, we had that whole experience and then they initially just kind of assessed she had a speech delay and like a few fine motor delays. And so then we started all these therapies and then by the time it was right before she turned three and they switched the um, services to the school district in having that meeting about her and going into school, the regional center services representative was like, would you be okay if we have her assessed for the autism spectrum? Because some of the things that you're saying, you know, about her and what she does kind of falls into warning signs, if you will. Oh, um, the markers. And, yeah. Yeah, the markers. And so I want whatever is going to help her thrive in this world. So yes, please, whatever you can do to help me help her, I, I accept. So they did the assessment and then they came back with her classifying her as like high functioning on the autism spectrum what does that mean like okay she's high functioning at three but what's she gonna be like as a teenager adult you know going through grade school like how else is this going to impact her life our lives like what you're in this unknown territory and so in talking about all of it and being open about it is because 
you know, it's scary when you're going through it and if you don't know anyone. And so if I can be someone that somebody else could then come to, my whole thing is just about sharing information, helping in whatever way I can. And, you know, I think the more we share, the more we can all be stronger together. As her journey has progressed, we've seen the development, but if we didn't have all these additional services helping her, I don't know if we would have been able to figure out ourselves how to work through things. I think as a parent, you are your child's advocate. You know them the best. You just need to be open to not doing things normally. You need to dismiss people when they look at you because you're letting them use an iPad at dinner at a restaurant. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just learn to manage situations, create a safe and nurturing environment for the child and get over your thinking of what their life should should like they should be able to just sit at dinner and have a conversation it's like that's not necessarily how all kids operate and I think that's being a parent of a child on the spectrum is in having other kids that we know that are also they're all different and that's why it's a spectrum learning more about like neurodiversity and like different ways of learning and different learning struggles these things that they can do amazingly well that maybe other kids don't do as well. And so I think that's where with creatives, and I know like so many creatives also have different learning struggles, whether it's dyslexia or sensory issues, you know, auditory processing, um, like even the poet that did the poem was it for <laughs> oh uh biden's inauguration amanda it was about yeah. Bi yeah i'm like who what who did what was it that she had auditory processing issues so it's, i think the important thing with sharing everything and sharing your journey is it doesn't have to be negative like if you work to help with the things that are struggles but you also embrace the strengths and push those i think that's where the school system is set up so much for typical learners and there is such a variety of way kids learn and I think that needs to be implemented more and that you know with like this focus on STEM you need to focus more on all of the different ways people can grow up and thrive in this world <laughs> You know, as, as I like to say, where's the A? Where's the A in the STEM? Yeah, where, you like, know, where's <laughs> art? Design also, because design yeah. is very different than arts. General life skills, like, you know, and entrepreneurship kind of thing. Finances, like, I feel like there's a lot more like social skills and, you know, things like that in the educational system to create better humans in this world. You've described motherhood as a journey of the familiar and foreign at the same time, which I really love how that I think kind of captures everything you're describing of, well, we have, we go think back about our own childhoods and our own, how our parents, you know, raised us, the more the familiar and then, but realizing you're now raising children who are their completely own people and are going to have, comp you know, different needs and trying to help them um, and just understanding that it's all going to be a constant period of growth and changes. And uh, one thing I know that you and I've talked about previously is this idea of a recovering perfectionist, which I think kind of falls into some of um, that expectation of maybe also not only as 
a designer, but even as a parent, because you have this idea of the childhood you want to be giving your children, and it needs to be perfect. And then, of course, once you're in the middle of it, you realize you've got to let it go because it isn't going to happen. And that is, of course, both in the home life and the work life. And I would just love to hear your thoughts about that idea of being a recovering perfectionist and why we need to move away from that practice makes perfect mindset. Yeah, I've much more embraced the phrase practice makes progress. And I think that really should be more of a focus. Like perfectionism is an unattainable goal. And I think in our generation and like growing up, there was a lot more of like trying to get you to fit into a box, trying you to be a certain way. And I think now there's, I mean, it's been a progression of like more encouraging individuality and uniqueness and being who you truly are instead of being who society deems you to be. And I think that, you know, is amazing, but it is also like a big change from what, you know, we grew up in the kind of environment. And I think a lot of it has to play with that we are now the parents and we're like, no, parents are always wanting better for their kids. And also helping them recognize their strengths because yes. that's part of their, it's their journey, but you kind of can help be a guide and a mentor kind of just to kind of help them think about what is possible with things that you see them excel in, like, you, you know, what they're really good at. And have you thought about, to your point, some of these different careers that may not be quote, the beat on the, the beaten path, but it still can be a very successful career that you could excel in. What would, advice would you give to girls who dream of designing and selling patterns who have like, who would find themselves doodling and drawing and thinking also and thinking how cool it would be if this pattern could be on a pillow or a dress or, you know, or maybe a parent sees their kid is constantly doodling, creating, and, you know, and is right now thinking, wow, I never even thought that being a pattern designer would be some, an option for them. What would you, what advice would you give to kind of start exploring that? I would say definitely keep exploring in your own personal way, but taking classes from different people in different areas, especially like color theory, uh, layouts and composition, how to maybe make a pattern, like a repeating pattern, looking at the market, like looking at what's out there, you know, where would their work fall in, in a According to like, what would it look good on? And then, you know, connecting with people who are in that area of the industry. I mean, with the internet, that's where there are so many people putting out and sharing their work. And if you can find some good mentors, this is part of the reason of starting coaching and trying to teach is that are like, I like doing this, but how do I make it into a career? How do I make money doing it, um, especially when maybe their parents don't come from the arts and don't know really how to help them on that path. And I think, you know, there are all these like print on demand shops. There are these different ways of working with companies, whether it's like drop shipping or like putting things on Amazon. For kids in a way, like some of this stuff is like the new lemonade stand, like, you know, making products like you've seen kids on Shark Tank, uh, you know, pitching their ideas, be innovative, be different from what's out there, but like 
also use what's out there to not be so different that it's not like you're too far ahead of the curve kind of a thing. So I think, you know, a lot of it comes down to finding someone who can help guide you on your path, who can help direct you to what classes might be the right thing for you to take in terms of whether they're online, whether they're in person. I think in general, with everything, I highly encourage people to never stop learning because I think this is the barrier with like, once you get into a career and have been in it for 20 years or whatever, whatever it is, and then you want to do something new or, or pivot a little bit that can be so overwhelming to people because they've gotten comfortable. They've know all of this stuff for this one area, but to then go back to the beginning and start over and like learning something new can be really overwhelming for people. And so I think if you become like a lifelong learner and are constantly learning, constantly exploring, taking new classes, even if you're like, I don't know if that's what I want to do, try it out because you may learn something that might take you in a tangent that like you can apply. So like I've taken classes in Photoshop and Illustrator from photographers. I've taken them from graphic designers and like I use all of the stuff to play into like my surface design work. Um, but like that's where a surface designer, maybe to, like if I just learned from a surface designer, there's certain things that I don't know if I would have learned that I apply into how I do things that I learned from people in other industries because they use things in different ways. And you can get that's where you can get a broader sense while you're trying to figure yourself out. Uh, and then once you like have a focus, then that's where it's like reach out to the people that are in that area and get advice as to like how to move forward in your career based on their path. And so that's where I would say, you know, certain classes are quintessential for art in general, like color composition, but they're especially imperative to surface design because color is so important in understanding how to create color palettes that are going to work well uh, in designs and be attractive to people and composition and layout of what's going to be aesthetically pleasing. Um, I think there's a lot of people who just are like, you just put a bunch of stuff on a page and then take it and repeat it. Like, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good repeat or that it's like super marketable or I take the one element and I repeat it. That's not necessarily what a pat a repeating pattern or the best repeating pattern is gonna be. And so that's where like understanding, you know, composition is really important also. That's great advice. Rebecca Ruth, thank you for being on Girls That Create today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. It's always great talking with you, Erin. Same to you. To all of you tuning in, thank you for joining us on Girls That Create on Word of Mom Radio. Perfectionism is an unattainable goal. Toss out practice makes perfect. Instead, think practice makes progress. We will close out with our theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. Till next time, this is Erin Prather Stafford. She is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true, she is true. She is brave, she is brave, she is bold, she is bold, she is you. She is sure she is sure she is strong she is
Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.